and welcome back to the For the Ladies podcast. This week's Ladies of Golf interview is with Linnea Strom. But before we get into that, let's talk some golf news. The Honda LPGA Thailand crowned its first Thai winner. Aria Jutanugarn sealed the deal with a 9 under par 63 to win her first event in more than two years. Aria is a superstar. She's a two-time major champion, has 11 LPGA titles, and more than $9 million in earnings. She's also just a really good person. According to a Golf Week article by Beth Ann Nichols, there is literally a movie about her life, and her face is on a Gatorade bottle. I'm telling you, superstar. Thai players finished in the top three spots in the tournament this weekend, including Patty Tavitanikit, who won the ANA Inspiration this year. She finished tied for third. The LPGA is off this week as they travel back to the United States and will return in Virginia. Now on to this week's interview with Linnea Strom. I first met Linnea when she was a junior golfer playing in AJGA events. She's from Sweden and was a member of the country's national team. Linnea came to the U.S. junior golf scene and has had amazing success ever since. We talk about her amateur career and what it means to be part of a national golf team. She also shared why she wanted to play collegiate golf in the U.S. and her steps to becoming a professional. She was, a rook- she was Rookie of the Year on the Symmetra Tour and is still waiting for that win on the big stage, but we think it'll be here soon. Hope you enjoy. Yes, you know, my coach is here, my family is here. Um, and for me, it's just very important to go home every now and then because I get, you know, I get so much positive energy and it's just, it's just nice to come home for, for a while. So and now I had a perfect opportunity to be home for more than a week. So I'm going to stay here until next Sunday and then I will go to Kings Mill. Okay, nice. Oh, well, yeah. um, thanks for doing this. It's so nice to see you. Of course, of course. It's been a minute. It's probably been since junior golf days. I know. (laughs) Well, this will be fun and fun and easy, but um, I will start off with just some fun, easy questions for you. Um, They're called the quick, they're called the quick nines. You don't need to give a description or anything. Just answer what comes to mind. Um, What is your favorite social media? Uh, Instagram. The last show you binge watched? Uh, I watched last week, I actually watched Making a Murderer. It's a good one. Um, yeah. Yeah. Would you rather walk or ride when playing for fun? Uh, I would probably rather ride because now, ever since being in the US, I'm just so used to it. But if you asked me before college time, I would probably say walking. <laughs> What's the most recent song you maybe added to a playlist? Uh, probably a Swedish one, because I listen to a lot of the Swedish top lists. Yeah. What is, is it like Swedish pop? No. Okay. Well, not as much anymore. Now I feel like it's more like, yeah, not fully pop but maybe a little bit but more like just like laid back like relaxing music where I listen to more like the text yeah Yeah. oh okay like singer-songwriter almost Um, yeah yeah exactly what is the favorite your favorite golf course that you've played uh probably Pebble Beach the last book you read 
Um, I actually haven't read much lately, but I got a book from my caddy the other week that she wanted me to read and it's called The Last Child. Um, and I think it will be pretty interesting. The back of side of it is very interesting. So I look forward to reading that. Because reading is um, like I'm trying to get into more reading because I think it's very relaxing and good for you. Mm -hmm. um, but, so I, but I haven't, you know, ever since college, I just feel like I haven't really done it. So, but I'm excited to, to read this one. You've been a little busy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but your favorite person to play a practice round with? Uh, probably my Swedish friends on tour. And who are some of those? Uh, Linnea Johansson and Louise Riddestrom. Okay. Um, what is a hobby or like a secret talent someone may not know about you? Mm, uh, not sure, but maybe probably that I'm a really big dog person. Like that's one of the reasons I want to go home too, because my family have a golden retriever and like that's, it's really hard when I'm not at home and when I don't get to see her, you know, for a long time. Um, Cause she just brings so much, so much happiness. Like you can have a bad day and you come home and she just makes everything so much better. Well, I will be asking you about Sandy later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then lastly, what's a snack that you like to have during a round? Um, probably a bar. Yeah, I would say I always have some sort of bar in, in my bag. Nice. Um, so how did you first get into golf? Were there other sports or activities that you participated in? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I, I actually I played a lot of tennis and my mom and I had a horse growing up. Uh, so ever since like when I was up to age of 14, I would say like I enjoyed playing tennis and horses so much more okay. than golf. Um, yeah. I, it was just more fun and like, you know, the horse was right by my school. So it was just very easy to walk over there after school was done. Um, and tennis was fun too, but once my, my coach in my tennis, he told me that I had to be quicker and like, I was a little bit too slow. So when he told me that, I was like, okay, well, maybe, maybe I will stick to golf. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, well, so that was pretty much, I mean, I did all of those three sports, like growing up. And then when I was 14, like ever since then, I've only been doing golf. Sure. And, and when were you first introduced to the Swedish national golf team? Yeah, I would say that was probably around that, too, like probably around 13. Um, I got to go to my first international tournament, which was the, the Evian Junior Masters. Um, so that, that was, you know, that was pretty cool um, and very exciting. And my um, I have a brother, he's two years older. So he was, you know, in the national team before me. So I always thought it was so cool when he first got in and then he got to play like international tournaments and go with the team and their coaches. So um, I was very lucky to to be able to be part of that ever, you know, from the age of 13 all the way up to college and even through college, they help you and they support you. And I mean, even today as a professional, like the the Swedish golf team is a huge part of part of my career and, and my team too. So 
Yeah, it's so nice that it kind of lasts with you for a lifetime. Um, what, for those who just don't know what the national team is, what, what does that mean? And, um, you know, are there team competitions or, or what, what does it mean to be part of it? Yeah, I mean, for the amateurs, um, like most of the European countries, they have, you know, the golf federation. Um, and their goal is pretty much to, to help amateurs and to help juniors to, you know, be as good as possible. And what's good about it is that like you, our parents don't have to help us with this. So like, basically, like, of course, for like tournaments in Sweden, like you need your parents to go for those, but for the, to be able to go for the international events, you know, um, it was the, the Swedish Federation um, and they have coaches and it was just, you know, very fun also to have other players because you felt like teammates, even when you were going playing tournaments where you didn't play as a team, um, it still felt like you had a team around you and the coaches were there and supported you. Um, and then we also had some, some team events like the, the European team championship that was always one of the biggest highlights um, so that then you play, I think it's the team of six players in each team. So, so that was pretty cool. Um, and then the world champions championship too. Um, but then we only, we were only three players in that. Um, yeah. So, so that's pretty much, you know, what the, what the Federation do. And we also have a lot of camps like within Sweden. Um, okay. So, yeah, they just, you know, they want to, they want to support us. And if you want to play professionally, they help you to reach that goal. And they, they are very supportive of if you want to go to college and be involved in that. And like a lot of the schools have like ASU where I went, they had a lot of, you know, Anna was there before. Um, so it's, it's just very good. And now there is two Swedish girls there on the team too. And they maybe haven't been there I didn't go there so it's sure. you know um, we always try and help each other and yeah I I think it's really cool um I remember my first time seeing it was at the Annika Invitational in Florida and I was like what is this what is this group I'm so confused and then you realize that this actually exists across the globe um it's just not popular in the U.S. yeah um I think it's really nice. I think it creates a really beautiful community and you have, you know, those people that you are part of your life. So I think it's really nice. Do you remember your first time coming to the United States to play? I, yeah, I do. And I'm trying to remember which was the first, um, the first tournament in the U.S. that I played in. And it might actually have been the Polo Junior Classic. Okay. I'm not sure if that was the first one, um, but it could have been, or maybe Danik Invitational was before that, but I think it might've been after. Um, I'm not sure, but I mean, I, I do remember playing all of the A-to-day events, the polo, the Thunderbird. Um, and then my family and I normally spent Christmas in Miami. So then I played the, the Junior Orange Bowl tournament that they had there. So I think my brother maybe played it two or three times and then I played it two or three times. So um, it's just very fun to 
have the opportunity to play a lot in the U.S. as a junior too, because I think that, you know, motivated me to actually go to college. I was more familiar with being in the area um, and being in the country. And I didn't think that my English was very good at that time. But, you know, like when I came to college, like that was an opportunity for me to, to really learn the language and yeah. So I was going to ask, did you, did you know that you wanted to come and play college golf in the U.S.? And was that once you played in junior golf events or had that always been in your mind? No, I would say, um, I don't know how it was for my brother, but when he decided that he wanted to play college and then, you know, my coach told me at home, he said, if, if your goal is to play on the LPJ, which it's been for many years. And he thought like, it's probably good if you try college, at least, you know, for a year, just to get used to it. And I'm very happy that I did. I mean, I was very, very nervous. Um, like, I don't know if I really deep inside wanted to go because I was a little bit, you know, scary to leave, to leave my family in my country. Um, but I'm very happy that I did. Um, but it was probably probably around the age of 15, maybe, where I was like, okay, I know I want to play professionally, and this is probably the best the best way to go is try a college at least for a couple of years, and then and then see where I want to go from there. Yeah, and you mentioned Anna Norquist went to ASU. Was the, how did you land on going to that school? Was it because of her or uh, other reasons? <laughs> It was a little bit of both. I mean, yes, I knew that ASU had a couple of Swedish players and even on the men's side. Um, and then it was actually my coach. He, he was very familiar with being in Arizona. And he thought, you know, a little bit more the years after. He thought, like, maybe it's best if she goes to a place where she want to stay after college. Um, and Arizona is obviously a very good place for golf. They have so many courses and the weather is good. So he was pushing for Arizona. Um, and then it was actually when I played the, the Thunderbird um, in Scottsdale. And that's, that's when I took the opportunity to go and do a visit. So I went to ASU and then went to University of Arizona too and did a visit. And yeah, I mean, I was just very... It, it felt good and then it was a good place and the coaches were very nice and they always have a history of having a very good team too. So I thought it would be good for me both personally and, and for my golf. Um, so I think that's how it went. Yeah. Well, it was certainly worth it because you were the Pac-12 individual champion in 2016 and then part of the winning NCAA team in 2017. Um, so it must have been fun. Like the experience was cool. <laughs> no, I mean, it was so much fun. And we had a lot of Europeans on the team too. And I think that helped mm. me like right away. I, I felt very comfortable and everybody were nice and our coaches were super nice too. And yeah. And, and then, you know, I got to be in good weather. I got to play tournaments and I had to do school too, but that wasn't my favorite part. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yes, too. Yeah, I mean, it was, I'm very happy that I went and I had a, a really good experience. Um, and yeah. 
Well, it sounds like you knew early on that you wanted to play professionally and each of these steps that you took got you to that point. Um, was that like at a pretty young age, like before you went to college even, it sounds like? Yeah, pretty much. Um, I, I mean, when I, when I left for college, I didn't know if I was going to do, you know, a year or if I was going to do all oh. four years. Yeah. But I did know that I want to turn pro at some point. Um, and then I ended up doing two and a half years, which I thought was, it was perfect for me because I got the college experience. And, but for the, then for my golf, I felt like I want to take the next step. I want to have new challenges and I want to get out there and play against the best players in the world. So for me, I thought it was a good timing to do it at. And now looking back at it too, I'm, I'm very happy that I stayed two and a half years, um, but I thought it was good timing for me in my career. So did you go to Q school and happen to succeed and that's why you left? Yes. Okay. Um, I did go through Q school when I did that, that semester. Um, okay. so that the fall. And then um, I got the Symmetra tour status. I was, I wasn't sure, you know, you know, when I got the Symmetra that maybe I should stay for another semester um okay. at that time when i did it they didn't have the rule that you could stay and then you could start playing after i think yeah. they changed the year after right so then, but when i did it i wasn't allowed to so i either had to accept it or not accept it um so um yeah so that's pretty much what i did but i mean i still i still live in arizona i still have my friends there and now I can go and practice at the, the amazing new facility at Papago. Um, so I still stay in touch with the team and I see the coaches. So it, it's still it's still fun. Oh yeah, you're right there. Um, you had a great rookie year on the Symmetra tour. So it, it was again, worth it that you, that you made that decision and you were rookie of the year. What was that first season as a professional like? I mean, it was hard in the beginning because it's it's very different. I don't think you realize as an amateur how different it's going to be to play as a professional because there's so much more things going on around. Like you have to manage everything yourself. You have to make sure you have sponsors for the full season. And especially on the Symmetra, like you don't play for a lot of money. Um, so that was one thing I had to make sure before I start, I want to feel like I have sponsors I can manage this year, like no matter how I play. Yeah. Um, and you don't think about those kind of things as an amateur and especially not in college because, you know, you get your flights booked, you get the hotels booked and you don't have to think about rental cars and you don't even have to plan your schedule because the coaches say what tournaments we have to play. So all of those things you don't really notice as an amateur and then you turn pro and all of a sudden you just have a tournament schedule in front of you with like 30 tournaments and you have to decide, okay, because you need to rest too. You can't play everything. 30, yeah. So there were just a lot of things to manage, but I mean, I'm very lucky. I have a good coach here and I have a very supporting family too. And my parents helped me a lot my rookie year on the Symmetra. Um, so my mom helped me, you know, with some bookings and looked like what, what airports are you going to fly to? Which one is the closest? Because I'm not very familiar with the rest of the U.S. I mean, I'm very familiar sure. with 
donut, but then outside King's of Mel. That, <laughs> <laughs> King's Mel's not top of your list to know. <laughs> yeah. No, so I mean, I'm, I'm very lucky that, that they helped me out too. And I could pretty much try and focus on practice and play as good as possible. And my mom and dad would, they would come and caddy for me, for me now and then too. So, so that helped. That's so nice. Um, and I'm sure you learned a lot in that first year. Was there a big then transition from Symmetra to LPGA tour or did you feel like smooth? <laughs> I, I think, I think that transition was easier than what it was college to Symmetra because I was more used to playing tournaments and I was used to the stuff around and everything. So the difference going to LPGA is that you need to have a caddy and a full-time caddy that's going to be with you all the time. Because on the Symmetra, you, that was not a requirement. You could play by yourself if you wanted to. So I would say like that was probably the biggest difference from the Symmetra to the LPGA. Um, but other than that, I, I did feel like I was prepared by doing a year on the Symmetra because you learned so much on that tour. Yeah. That's so nice. That's so interesting. I didn't, I forgot about the caddy part. So how did you select a caddy? Um, I actually had Sophie Gustafsson my, my first couple of tournaments as a rookie on LPGA, um, an old player from Sweden. And that was, it was very nice to have her for the first couple of events because, you know, I could speak Swedish to her and she's has so much experience. So it was nice to, you know, have her by my side because she probably knew how I felt, you know, as a rookie. Um, so that that was nice. And then after that, like, I feel like you get into that player and caddy bubble so you can feel like, okay, what do I want from my caddy? And before you don't really know and you have, you just have to try. Um, and that's actually what I did, like ever, you know, like before I started, I was like, okay, I only want to have one caddy. I want to stick to that caddy because that's always how I've been. Like I had the same swing coach since I was 11 years old and he's still with me. So I always had like the mindset that the people I work with, I want to work with for a long time. Okay. That with a caddy, it doesn't always work like that because it's such an important relationship. So if it's not, you know, a hundred percent, then, you know, it's okay. It's not going to work. So I need to try someone else. Um, so I tried a couple different one, but I think, you have to do that in the beginning is to find like know what what's best for you. Sure, sure. What are like some other things that you have started to do as a professional to like make sure things are good for you? For, for example, like working out, do you do you feel like you have a, a different regimen now? Uh, well, in season, I, I've always worked out a lot, um, even as a junior, like, and that's one thing that the Swedish golf team makes sure that you do too, because they are very, you know, how easy it is to get injured and all of that. So growing up, like I've always been working out and always made sure that I took care of my body. Um, so I continue with that, but it's a little bit harder in season to find the time for it. Yeah. Um, traveling. And now, you know, last year with COVID, like you didn't always have a gym either. Um, so that, that's the hard part and to be, a, you know, be a little creative and I travel with some bands and stuff so I can always do something in the hotel room. Um, but I would say that is a hard part, but I also learned that 
it's very important for me to maintain it even in season. Because um, if I don't do it for a couple of weeks, it's going to take a while to get it back. So I try and work really hard in the off season and then season, I just try more to maintain it. Got it. And that obviously has worked really nicely for you because you have been within the top 10 of driving distance um, a few times. So wh where do you think you get that power from? I feel like you've always been a pretty strong driver and strong player. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, even when I started playing, I think that's been one of my strengths and especially as a junior. Um, and I mean, right now I'm obviously still trying to get a little bit more distance because I think that's where the game is going, especially on the latest side. There are so many like good and strong players coming out, especially the younger ones that hit it really far. So I think like that's where it's going to go. So I, I'm still trying to get a little bit more distance, but I'm also trying to be a little bit more consistent. So, um, you know, it's important to be in a fair way too. Um, so it's not all about the distance, but it is one of my strengths. So I think it's important to continue work on your strength. Do you, where do you, where does that power come from? Do you have like, do you like working out your arms? Do you like working out your legs and your core? What's like, where do you like to work out? Well, I mean, I've always been told that it's just like my swing. I have very fast hips. Like I turn them very fast. Okay. And that's what I've been told from my, my swing coach and everything like that's where you get your power from. So we are not, we are going to try and keep that and not change that technique wise. Mm. So, um, and that's just been coming natural, like growing up when I was younger and I just tried to hit it as hard as possible. Like that's how I did it. And that's how I got my power. Um, so I, I don't really try and focus on anything specific when working out. I mean, I do some, some power stuff, but and over, overall, I'm just trying to have a, a strong body, a strong core, um, and just to make sure that I, you know, don't get injured in the future. Yeah, yeah. Well, I saw that you qualified for the U.S. Women's Open. Congrats. Thank you. It should be so fun, and I'll see you there. <laughs> um, yeah. What what are some of your goals for this year? Are, are the Olympics on your radar or the Solheim Cup? Yeah, uh, I mean, this is a very big year, both with the Olympics and the Solheim Cup. And I also, you know, one of my big goals is to win on the LPGA. Um, and yeah, and I mean, I, I'm, I'm not super happy with how I have started the season. I feel like I've had a couple of good rounds, but I haven't really got it out, like got it all out during a whole tournament. Um, so um, yeah, but I mean, it would it would really be be fun to be part of the Olympics, but we only have two spots, and I know that you know Sweden have some really good players. Um, but there is still, you know, we still have a lot of tournaments to go, so it's it's still possible. Um, and for the Solheim Cup too, I mean, it's it's not until the September, so we do have a lot of big tournaments coming up that could really affect this. Um, but it's all, I'm I'm for sure you know, a team player and what I said earlier, like coming from Sweden, like we always have a very strong support system in the Swedish golf team. And I try and maintain that even on the tour. And, you know, I believe that if I can help my friends, they can help me too. So the solo and cap has always been a goal of mine to be part of that because um, it looks so much fun. And, and I think it would be 
would be very cool to play in that. You were on the junior team. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's such a fun experience and you got to meet some of the professional players who were competing on the Solheim Cup at that time. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think it, that's that's so fun too because you after you play, you get to stay and you get to watch them for, I, I don't know if you watched the whole or if you just watched the first day or something, but I do remember that. And I played a junior Ryder Cup too, so that was also fun to see the men. That's so fun. Gosh. Yeah. And yeah, it's so funny how I golf there are like so many parallels to when you're a yeah. junior golfer to, to now. Yeah. Yeah. I, I feel like it also goes to say like be having four rounds that are really good to win is very hard. So you're certainly well on your way, but I'm sure that's something that you've learned. And now like when you are on tour, you really get respect for that and you, you see how hard it actually is to win on tour now because there are so many good players and you need to have, like you said, you need to play good all four rounds. You can't have one bad round and, and win the tournament. So that that's just, you know, it's very big motivation for me to see that. And I, you know, I know that so many players out there can win and I know that I can win, but you still have to do it. Um, you have to play you know, all parts of the game have to fit and the mental game have to be good that week too. So there are so many parts that I have to click in order for that to happen. But yeah. Well, it's a good adventure, but when you're not on the golf course, um, you did mention your dog. Is your dog's name Sandy? Yes. <laughs> Sandy is so beautiful. Does Is Sandy a boy or a girl? A girl. And does she ever travel to the U.S. or is she in Sweden? No, she's never left Sweden. Oh. I mean, but right now she is, uh, she's turning, yeah, I think she turned eight this year. So wow. but it, like we got her yesterday. I mean, we got her when my brother went away for college. Okay. And that was a few years ago. And yeah, she's just been, I mean, I feel like we had her for forever she's she's so much fun and yeah she really brings a lot of happiness oh I love I love seeing her in your Instagram posts so happy yeah. <laughs> well what are some of the ways that when you step away from golf what do you like to do for fun uh I mean I do like to go shopping um and go out to good restaurants eat good food um you spend time with family and friends I feel like now, like when traveling so much, I appreciate all of those things so much more than you did before. Yeah. Like before when I, you know, when I lived in Sweden, like those things were just so normal. But now when I'm not here, like, you know, when you asked earlier, like why, why I went, decided to go home those weeks is just because I know how much energy it gives me. Um, so I really appreciate like those family times we can have now because um, it doesn't happen very often and um, yeah I, I don't really I mean I don't really do much when I have an off week <laughs> well you're pretty I, busy uh, yeah and I mean in Arizona like if it's not too hot I like to go on some hikes and and just some outside outside activities yeah I need to get to Arizona it's it's so pretty uh, yeah. I haven't spent enough time there 
Well, the last question that I always ask everyone who comes on is just what advice do you have for young women who want to pick up golf? Yeah. Um, I would say it's very important to obviously have fun. Um, cause I mean, when I grow up, I did have some girlfriends that play golf too, but it wasn't too many. Um, and my brother was nice to let me tag along with him and his friends. But I think at a young age, like you have to have fun while doing it. And then if you start playing tournaments and get more serious, I think it's also good that you have a good coach that you have regular contact with and he can, you know, assist you with all parts of your game. Um, I think that's, you know, really helped me. And I'm lucky to have had my coach ever since I was 11. So he's really been part of the whole journey so far and he will continue to be too. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, maybe set up like some short term goals, but also it's important with some long term too. Like it was like how it was for me, like when I was 14, 15, I really looked forward to, okay, I want to go to college. And then after that, I want to turn pro. Um, and then, you know, between that, I probably had some more short-term goals for every year, like what I wanted to check off on the list before those things happened. Um, but I would say that my biggest advice is, is to try and, and have fun. Because I think if you, you know, if you have fun and if you enjoy doing it, then it's not going to be anything that's hard or tough because there will come, come some obstacles and it's not always going to be smooth um but you can always remember that okay it's going to be worth it in the end and it will be easy to get over it well thank you so much for coming on it was nice to see you, oh, you and i will uh see you in san francisco that will be fun thanks for listening to today's episode our original music is composed and performed by my talented and wonderful friend ryan young if you're looking for more from For the Ladies, visit us at ForTheLadies.net and on Instagram at ForTheLadies. That's F-O-R-E.